Good evening, afternoon, day, you lovers of good weather. Actually, most of you aren't. You hate <laughs> good weather. You want exciting weather. You want the weather to go to extremes, like that Billy Joel song. This is WeatherBell.com meteorologist Joe Bastardi, the American Storm. I'm joined by Jeff Byers, the voice of Penn State Wrestling. Jeff, say hi. See, I like my weather the way I like my football officials. Uh, the, the less I'm aware of it, the happier I am. I like the nice, mild weather myself. Moron. Uh, <laughs> wow. And we've got the, uh, 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 there's no whole bars in it. Uh, 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 and we've got the American girl, Jesse, who's decked out in a leather bomber jacket over here. Yeah, I look cool. Where'd you get that jacket? That looks like I something grandpa. It. I thrifted it. It reminded me of that jacket Rocky was wearing when I was running up the mountain in Rocky Four. So, well, you know, I used to have Grandpa's <laughs> bomber jacket. Where'd it go? It just over the years, it just evaporated. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible! Slowly I, disintegrated. Just like the Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, the Fleetwood. But uh, anyway, well, we're all here. We're not at the big climate conference in Dubai. I heard there's seventy-five thousand people attending that. It's a lot of CO2. Yeah, I, I, they're all flying over there. It's actually, you know, the, they say, well, it's the uh, gathering of the world's, uh, you know, best climatologist, greatest I heard guy. they uh, all used paddle boats to get there. Yeah, Greta's over there. It's actually gathering of the world's biggest hypocrites. I mean, if such a thing is possible. Uh, and uh, to his credit, Joe Biden is not attending. But, of course, John Kerry is the lurch. Yeah. <laughs> is it Lurch or, or Frankenstein? Which one is he? I, I can't remember. They call him Lurch. Yeah, right? Lurch is a better, yeah, I yeah. think that's a better fit. So they were over there, and uh, good thing they didn't have it in Europe this year. And uh, that is, that's an interesting, because it's brutal in Europe already. Um, that's an interesting topic that I want to get into as far as uh, a couple of things. Uh, a few weeks ago, Storms were slamming Great Britain one after another. Uh, and instead of, if you were focused on the weather, you knew what that meant. All right. That was about to turn very, very cold across Europe, despite what the models were saying. And so I have clients in Europe. I have the biggest de-icing company in uh, the world or something. I don't know over there. They're, they're based in Newcastle on the Tyne. I believe it is, right? But uh, in any case, uh, or is it Newton on the time? I could get them mixed up. But uh, in any case, I said, the guy said, okay, a couple of weeks is going to be frigid. Same thing happened in 2009 and got the winter in 2009. Europe got cold first after a series of storms slammed Europe in November. I remember making the same point when I was at AccuWeather that those storms, because my dad taught me, Rain and storms not only mean it's rainy and stormy now, but they're telegraphing something coming down the road, right? So when you get these, uh, when you get a lot of rain, it means that the atmosphere is in a in a clash, in a war. And what happens is when uh, when that pattern breaks, you're left with with cold. If 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 the the way you get a lot of rain is you have cold replace warm in a continuous steady fashion, like a siege. So anyway, I made a big deal of that. But, of course, the uh, meteorological misinformation media, as I call them, all they wanted to do is focus on those storms being a sign of climate change. 
Never mind we had the storm at D-Day or the kind of storm that blew the Spanish Amara, uh, you know, blew it up before it even got to England. Never mind this, the history of storms. Never mind that I got online. I was looking in some of the British papers that, you know, how bad was this thing? And they're like, they're making fun of people thinking it's real. This, it's England. This is what happens, you know. And uh, But here's what happens. They are so blinded to their agenda that they did not see the significance of what was coming. Do you see what I'm saying? They, they only use the weather, not to even forecast the weather, only for their phony climate agenda. And you could, this, is, this was a big key in nailing this forecast because if it's like 2009, and I think 2009 is one of our analogs for this winter, we've got a lot of snow coming this winter. All right, especially, uh, you know, centered D.C. and some of those places there. So, uh, you know, I think January and February are really going to be something. After December 20th, things are going to get cranking. This cold that's coming now is sort of uh, in and out. It's, it's been been around the country for a week. We had a big we had a big snowstorm uh, on Saturday, uh, the football snowstorm. Iowa State and Kansas State, I guess yeah. we're playing. Yeah, it's always fun to watch football in the snow like that. What was amazing was uh, – you know, if you look at the great Ohio State-Michigan game uh, back in 1950 in that snowstorm, it was 9-3 to three with, like, 27 punts. So Big Ten, Big Ten needs to get back to being like that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, they, this, game, this game out there, though, what, was it, like, get 70 points scored or something, that Iowa mm-hmm. State-Kansas State game? It was just kind of weird, uh, you know. And I always get a kick. I don't know about you, you folks. There's, there's, there's being tough and then there's being stupid. All right. And hey, some of us are tough and stupid. Yeah, well, I'm not tough, but sometimes <laughs> I'm stupid. But all I'm saying is you play better when your body's warmer. Do you know that? Because your core temperature, you don't want your core temperature low. That's why if you ever, um, if you ever have a southern team come north, you will usually see them not play to their ability. One year, Texas won the Big 12. And uh, Garrett did a research project on it. It may have been 2009. Every team they played in the North, okay, the Northern Divisions, uh, they only averaged uh, seven points in the victory margin. Every time they played at home, they were averaging over three touchdowns. Now, you say, well, it's home. But on the other hand, even playing Oklahoma in the South that year, the Red River rivalry. So uh, this in the the uh, 2009 2010 was a very cold bowl season, and for instance, we played LSU, I believe, in the Citrus Bowl, 2009, and even though the Citrus Bowl was supposed to be warm, it was in the upper 40s to low 50s and raining, and Penn State just annihilated LSU. They they're not used to playing in that kind of cold. So I always look at that as something, you know. But these guys come out there and they go, oh, I'm going to show this. I'm going to show this, uh, especially D-backs. Mm. I'm going to show them how tough I am or the linemen, right? Well, I don't know how tough you are if you're, you know, you fall in snow every single play on bare arms. Uh, you've, you're actually, uh, to me, being unintelligent. But then again, they're football players. They're not wrestlers, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whole different level of things. Mm. All right, anybody got any sure comments enough. on this? <laughs> no, I'm just, Wait, it's just like a Bob Dylan story. song. And you don't know where the heck it's going and when it's going to stop. Just yeah. blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but, but in any case, so we have the big climate conference. 
We have Europe frigid already. And uh, last year, the U.S., you know, had a cold December and then just quit. And we suspected, uh, you know, the three of the seven analogs that we had did have the winter quitting. And uh, me being the kind of guy that I am, I compromised. And uh, what I had was warm along the East Coast, but a lot of snow from State College Westwood in the center of the cold in the center of the country, which it was not. It was out in the West. But this year, it looks like it's almost the opposite. We'll be setting up for the core of winter. And I think that uh, this will be the uh, coldest January, February since 2015, which was a pretty brutal uh, January, February. We've made that. Look, get on the Weatherbell site. The winter forecast has been on there since August. And those of you who follow me on Weatherbell, even on Twitter, you've been seeing me since last March, you know, analyzing this whole situation, including the collapse of the El Nino in the spring and the resultant likely uh, very severe hurricane season for the United States uh, next year. So that, this, this all seems to be flowing in together. But uh, for now, uh, much of uh, the first part of December, especially in the Plains, is going to be quite mild. Here in the east, we'll probably wind up near normal, you know, back and forth. And uh, we could sneak a snow event, uh, well, first of all, tomorrow, <laughs> late tonight and tomorrow, the annual Interstate 80 crashathon is about to occur in my if, unless these truckers actually stop doing this. And, you know, I, I'm on Larry Cable Guy's show and I'm, I do this trucking forecast. I love I love what the trucking industry does. But somehow I can't I, I just don't understand how they drive in snow squalls. They just come barreling down the road 70 miles an hour. And then, of course, one of them jackknifes and. This always seems to happen on Interstate 80 with the first big snow squall outbreak. Mm -hmm. And uh, th this is the kind of thing where you're, you're driving down the road, all of a sudden it's white out. Mm -hmm. And what happens is the snow will melt when it hits the road initially, but then refreeze because of evaporative cooling of, of the air. And then that creates all the ice underneath, mm -hmm. which uh, really causes the problems. So this is... Uh, this is something that we have to consider uh, going forward with the snow squall outbreak next couple, uh, next couple of days. And also we have a potential, and, uh, you know, it's kind of weird. No, no one else is talking about this, but I'm really worried about tornadic activity from East Texas into Louisiana on Thursday, maybe Southern Arkansas. Because that's where I'll be going through Southern Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> it just so happens. That you get to drive through the tornadic outbreak. Yeah, see, that's what I... That's oh, a, no, that's I'm so a, sad I'm a, for I'm you. A, I, I, I'm, there'll be no American storm next week because I'll be in Texas. I, I'm competing um, Saturday in the Battle of Texas. Mm -hmm. And I want to become the first two-time over-65 winner of the Battle of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's vying for that. I love. It's an unbelievable show, by the way. I mean, not so much the bodybuilding, but the... The women's divisions are just out of control. I cannot believe how many people are in that. And it's over at the uh, Arlington Convention Center. <laughs> and the place was packed last year. You know, I thought, okay, well, it's a, it's a local show. And even down the show, as in Virginia, uh, th uh, two and a half weeks ago. And it's, it's so weird to me. I'll go into a local bodybuilding show. Well, there'll be more people there than freestyle nationals. Mm. <laughs> Bodybuilding is getting really big. It, it is. I feel like especially over COVID, a lot of people in my generation started like – 
really taking lifting seriously and stuff and a lot of girls too and it's like all right if i like lifting what am i going to do with this like because yeah well, well i mean some people just like the fitness aspect but some people like to like oh i'm training for something and once you start once you have a set goal and you train for something it becomes addicting like a lot of people yeah well i think you, i think really. you need to have goals and but the the crazy thing is is that the um you know when when i when i was first doing this and after i got through wrestling i i had to compete at something yeah. And I was always chasing a couple of guys. Uh, I grew up with uh, Steve Shields and Mike Antorino. These two guys were like the kings on the Jersey Shore, you know. <laughs> and uh, also there was a guy, I never met him until I went into one of his shows. A guy, actually, Joe T was a guy in Jersey. He's a famous promoter now, but he's one of the best bodybuilders ever to come out of New Jersey. He's like, he's like the East Coast version of Frank Zane. And in the old days, the Mr. America show, now we have classes, right? So you could, you could win a class. But in the old days, there were no classes. There'd be 52 guys out there, and you place, if you place seventh, it's like you're unbelievably good, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. So anyway, it was kind of funny because this guy, this guy was uh, really my hero, uh, Joe T. And I remember going into uh, the USNBA Nationals one year. And I was a middleweight, and Joe was a light heavyweight. And I just wanted to compete against him so that, you know, they take the pictures. I said, look, look who I've competed against. <laughs> and I wound up winning. Yeah. And, and I felt really bad about it because I thought he, I personally thought he was more balanced than me. But, you know, I've, I've, I've lost so many shows I thought I'd won. I figured, well, but we became real good friends. So I started uh, competing uh, more in his organization. And uh, I remember... Uh, the uh, the North American Championships in um, 2002 were down at the Adelphi Casino in uh, Deptford, right? And Joe, when Joe puts on a show, it's unbelievable. Like he, we remember the one show, the North America one show. We were Trump, uh, yeah, was it Trump, Trump, uh, Trump's hotel, Atlantic City. The places yeah. just, they get packed, and he has successfully figured out that if I serve booze. <laughs> to a bodybuilding crowd, it'll get the crowd into it. So, you know, you see these guys go up there, and they're posing to uh, rock you like a hurricane, and they're about 120 pounds, and they're 18 years old. Meanwhile, the crowd is treating them like he's, these Arnold Schwarzenegger up there. They're screaming and yelling. Bodybuilding so, uh, shows are uh, fun. Yeah. They, they, I they, like them. It's a, cool, it's a funny culture. Well, mom gets... cool culture. Yeah, mom, mom gets... I get, bo I get bored, you know, after... Oh, yeah, I know, but, like... When it's the big shows and people are getting like that, they're really fun. Yeah, but uh, so the women, but but here's the thing, okay? It w it's hard to train and get blown off the stage, and that's happened to me. It's nothing worse than when you have eight or nine guys in your class and they call out the first five and they tell you the other guys that stand behind you and you're sitting there. Like, <laughs> and, and you're sitting there, oh, the, the judge, if I let my gut out, the judge will say this or that, you know, <laughs> and you're not even in the running, but you, you, you train so hard, you think you're in the run. Anyway, in the North American show uh, one year, there were 11 guys in the class and I was in unbelievable shape. It could have been the best shape I was ever. I was so I was in such good shape, and I'd done everything right that I was bopping around up and down like I was getting ready to wrestle before going on stage because I had so much energy, which meant I did everything right. So anyway, I get out there, and I'm way down at the end. <laughs> and this other guy who was, uh, you know, I was about 176, 
And he was about 195, a little shorter than me. Wasn't as ripped as me. But I knew, okay, that's the guy I'm going to have trouble with, right? Mm. And I figured we'd be drawn right into the middle immediately. They never called me. They just <laughs> kept me off on the side. So I was like... And when you look at the pictures after, was it still like, why was That's what Joe said. He goes, because I said, Joe, I'm not asking for any favors, but I thought I'd at least be called uh, for some pose-offs or something like that. He goes, uh, well, why don't you wait till the show's over and maybe you'll figure out what happened, right? (laughs) And it was one of the rare times that I was so much better than everyone. They just placed me first and then everybody else had to fight it out. Among oh, them. so yeah, it was so, like a good thing. Yeah, okay. it's a, it wasn't like some of the other times where, uh, you know, <laughs> I felt like going hide behind the curtain over there. But anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the crazy thing is, is that in the old days, like, for instance, when I was uh, first competing in the AAU, you had to lift, you had to do some lift to get into the bodybuilding show. So I'd always do bench press, right? You had to actually show that your muscles worked, <laughs> you know, uh, as far as that goes. So I... I, I went to Westchester Open, won, won the bench press contest, and I got a chance to get blown off the stage in the bodybuilding <laughs> contest, which is what actually happened. But, um, uh, you know, you you train like a maniac, and it was like being in a bar in Jersey on Saturday night. Everybody's eyeing each other. You know, don't look at me. And it really, guys, you know, the thing about st- the guys that take steroids is if they're nice guys, they're still nice guys. If they have latent aggressive tendencies, there's, they, they come out, and it comes out backstage, right? And they're nuts. I mean, you know, there was this one guy, um, uh, I guess it's, was it Abe Cuesta? I, um, every year he was second place in the Americas. That's a cool name, Cuesta. Right? Because they, they penalize him for his, his small calves, right? <laughs> so every year he's second place. And it was like every year. He'd just be smashing his trophy in the back <laughs> after it was done. But now, now, especially for me, you know, when I go in, a lot of the young guys talk to me. Mm. And a lot of the older guys my age, we're all Christians because we've, we've made it through this far and we've figured out that, you know, our true strength doesn't lie with us. So it's like that now. But then, I, then the women... The women are like the guy. Yeah, there's 48 women in a class. Like they have these bikini classes, wellness, which I don't understand how you do, how you judge a wellness show. I don't know. I was looking at the because um, I was looking at the different classes for some reason, and it's like it's crazy how particular they want women to shape their body because there's so many different classes it's like some you don't want you don't want to look big on top but you want to look bigger on the bottom like the wellness class i think you want to look head like be bottom heavy nothing really up top and then there's women's bodybuilding where you want to be like a like an ex yeah well yeah well a lot of the women's uh, the women bodybuilders don't you don't have as many people competing they compete in the bikini or the uh the physique but the bikini divisions are crazy. Yeah. There's A, B, C, and D. I don't know the difference. But there's 40 women in every class. And, um, okay, I'll go out after I've competed. I'll go out and sit in the, sit in the uh, audience. And I'll watch and I go, how the heck do you tell? And even backstage, I'm like looking at these women going, how the heck can you tell that she's better than her? Yeah, and, when uh, it's, yeah. The, the funny, the, one of the funny stories is that both um, uh, when Kale got here, we were wrestling Bloomsburg, right? And uh, and so it's Friday night, 
and we just got done with the match. And I'm driving down to Harrisburg because I'm competing in the Nationals the next day, right? Call comes in. It's Kale. I said, I say, hey, what's up? A good, good show. I, well, I think it was 51 to nothing or something. <laughs> the Alton's pin their guys in five seconds. He goes, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty remarkable freshman. He goes, and then he goes, uh, what time are you competing tomorrow? And I said, what do you mean? Stay at home with your family. No, nope, we'll be down there. Meet Kyler, and I'm bringing, um, I guess he was going to bring Tate. <laughs> so, oh, uh, so there are the prejudging. And the same thing happened when Casey brought his kids down. He had to put put his hands over their eyes for the bikini division. Yeah. <laughs> Just, don't but bring I, your little kids. I was really like going, what the heck is Kale Sanders coming to a bodybuilding show for? You they're kind of cool. I wouldn't bring your kids, but they're kind of funny. Well, I mean, Ky- they're not funny, well, but they're know, like kind of fun. Uh, you know, Ky- it's like everything has a specific culture, but go ahead. Well, okay. uh, yeah, I dropped, I dropped Kale's name, but... Kyler, we were really close to, you know, Kyler was like another member of our family because I used to love, you know, our kid, my kids were still teenagers. And Kyler was this real cool guy that didn't smoke or drink or gamble or do anything stupid, right? And he'd come over to the house and harass the daylights out of me all the time. And I always enjoyed having him around. He was like a nephew. He still, still called every once in a while. I talk to him. We call Uncle Joe, my crazy Italian uncle. I said, well, every <laughs> family needs one of those. But, but it is interesting, you know, and I just got off track here, which I usually do, in that there will be no American Storm next week. In fact, next Monday now, I'll be watching, uh, uh, God willing, uh, watching Garrett, my son, coach. He's coaching a basketball team down in uh, – Texas, so we sort of going. Cool. To, yeah, we've been to Texas this year. Gosh, we, you're missing the first match, home match. Right? Yeah, we're against. Uh, are we Who wrestling Lei at home? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let me get to some weather here, and you guys, if you want, make a comment. Okay. You know, every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Well, all right. So here's what's going on. Uh, we've got this. Um, we've explained this before. We've got a very unique El Nino going on where. The oceanic temperatures are, are in what we call a strong El Nino category. But the re, because the rest of the oceans are warm, you're not getting this response that you usually get because there's not a lot of temperature difference. See, like a lot of times, if you get a, a big El Nino, the North Pacific is cold, the South Pacific is cold. So those the difference in temperatures will help drive the weather and lead to a certain kind of conclusion. What's happening this year is the North Pacific is not cold at all. It's at record warm levels compared to an El Nino. So you don't have the kind of gradient that you usually have. So if you were to just to look at this El Nino, uh, the strength of it would just say, well, it's probably a pretty warm winter, like 15, 16, or 97, 98, 91, 92 is in the mix. But... When you look at everything else around it, what's going on in the Indian Ocean and other places, and you say, well, this isn't a big El Nino. It's a weaker El Nino overall, at least the effect on the atmosphere. And the way it gets cold now in the eastern part of the United States is if you have weak signaling, all right, a, a what we call a nada, which means nothing's going on, a weak El Nino, weak La Nina, all right, uh, that's the way it gets cold. If you have any kind of strong signal, like if you have a strong La Nina, it's likely to be warm in the, like it was last year. So the big debate in the forecast community has been 
you know, the strength of the El Nino. And if you're just looking at one thing, then you say, well, it's going to be quite warm. Now, I don't follow any other forecast services. I mean, I'm aware of what's going on because there was, there was, my, my buddies are mailing me stuff from this uh, one company that three weeks ago said this is going to be a top five warm winter. Bet on it, right? And now uh, they, they, they go, they're actually my friends, they're my meteorological mafia. They're mad because the guy's changing around <laughs> to, toward what we have, you know, because we've been saying all along winter's really, after December 20th is when the winter's going to come in January and February, the big months. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. But it's definitely a situation where the change of the sea surface temperatures and, you know, okay, climate change um, has something to do with it. And the, th- the thing is with my side of the issue, I get in uh, my side of the, uh, you know, the, 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 with this climate change things, the people on my side, they just don't want to even admit that there's things that are going on that are different, right? Like, uh, you know, they, like guys, and it's weird because I find myself, I'll, I'll see them say something. I say, no, that's not, you're, you're wrong. You're, and I don't think it's CO2 that's doing it. In fact, I'm absolutely convinced of it now because I've got all the data on the warming of the ocean and the way it's warming. But the fact of the matter is you can't, you can't deny that it's warm. Like one guy will go, look at this. It's, uh, it's the same temperature it was 25 years ago. He'll, he'll get the temperature now and go to one peak. 25 years ago but meanwhile all the rest of the years are down below and it actually it actually is a uh, a very very warm year but where people live it's not that warm at all right so uh these things are going on so and then you get the other side and what i think is happening here is people the skeptical side they've decided they're going to start arguing the same kind of way the people on the other side do just cherry pick and just you know, and I don't like that. I, I mean, you should be able to win on the physical realities of the situation. And you should not have as your goal, you know, saving the country or saving the planet. All right. Uh, you know, uh, that's not my goal at all. My goal is to hit the forecast, detect what's actually driving the whole thing. And I'll say what's driving the whole thing. But I'm not going to sit there and say it hasn't been warming. Whoa, look, we're, we're in a pause for seven years. Great, but that pause is a 5.15C higher than the previous pause, which is higher than the previous pause before. So th- this is starting to go on, and it's just getting... Not, and then there's the AI. This is the latest thing. That is so... Let me tell you something. With weather models, I watch their Google GraphCast every day. And it's, it's, it's in the words of Bruce Springsteen... And the song Backstreets, after all this time, I find we're just like all the rest. It is no better. I've seen no increase in skill. In fact, you people that are listening in southeast New England, God bless you. A few of the AI models five days before were wiping you out with Hurricane Lee. So why why isn't anybody talking about the bust that the model has, which it has quite frequently? And so... uh, AI strikes me as, like, AI will never be able to completely accurately gamble on sports 
You know what I mean? And I feel like it's the same. And not that yeah, you're gambling, right. But it's like there are just some things. It's like nobody denies that it'll never be able to do that. So what's the difference with the weather? How can it? How can I it, mean, it can make projections. How, um, but it'll, like AI will never be able to tell you who's going to who's going to win what weight at the national title this year right now. Like, you, yeah, you well, you can't you can't model for stochastic events, yeah. which are more likely to occur. Uh, you know, let's say you're detecting a pattern. You're saying, okay, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Just when you think you're moving along, right, awesome, boom, something else will happen because there's a response going on. And they've got this idea that it just all flows very easily. And if we can program a machine. No. and I, I read this book that uh, talks about how AI can be creative or not. And that's that's the thing. It's like it's never going to be able to it, – it, it seems like it's a – it's very quickly, it's a collect, it can draw from the collective of the mass of information that has been put out on the internet, which is very, very, very helpful, or information that has been put out, yeah, that it has access to, which would be on the internet. But it's not like it can be creative, you know, it can't create anything new, I don't think. Well, no, it can't, but the, the thing is, it could come to a different conclusion or projected conclusion that may appear to be new, but let's take a, yeah. let's take the global warming situation. Suppose you're you're uh, programming an AI, and you only program it with CO two, CO two uh, input. Yeah, true. What it's do you think it's going to? What do you exactly, think? Exactly. So it's still human. Yeah, yeah. So so so, w- w- what if you programmed the AI with geothermal input and asked the AI, do you realize how how there's been an increase in volcanic activity and energy into the oceans? Would that have some effect on it? And the AI would be forced to say yes. And uh, have you considered this? No. So is your conclusion on CO2 valid? The answer would have to be no, because he did not have all the information. So what you're going to see is you're going to see, especially in climate modeling, which is abysmal. It's, they, they keep claiming, well, the climate model says it's going to warm. It has warmed, but not to the amount. It's like saying Penn State was going to win a football game by 40 points and they won by four. All right. So what happen, What happens is that they're, they're going to rig the field, in my opinion, so that people – I can already see how people are reacting. Oh, my gosh, this is the greatest thing. I My nephew the other night, once he had his – you know, he's, he never talks to me until he drinks. He's, he's going, <laughs> are you afraid AI is going to put you out of your job? And he goes, how do you think you're better than AI? How do you think – he's like just pestering me about it. And the only thing I told him is, I said, look, I'm 68 years old. I'm one of the, you know, I'm not saying I'm the best meteorologist on the planet, best forecaster, but I'm pretty, I pretty well acquitted myself in the battlefield at this age. Why would someone pay me anything if they could just get a free answer over here from an AI? Well, that's just an answer. I mean, that's, yeah. Well, and also to what you're saying, it's like you see Elon Musk posting every day. There are huge conferences right now and like one of his big uh fears is who develops ai the fastest you get to control it basically and so there's a lot of uh, like he is going to a lot of ai regulatory conferences or whatever because yeah it is a pressing problem in a lot of different industries and it's a very it, it it is something that is concerning who is developing the ai it's not just nonsensical you know what i mean people just think ai is just going to like yeah, it it still is made by human hand, essentially. Yeah, you know, it's not well, God. Right. I mean, well, so what's that old joke? Well, I don't know if it's that old a joke, but 
this this hotshot scientist comes up to God and says, you know, we can create anything you created. And God says, oh, that's so. He goes, yeah, uh, I want, because uh, God says, okay, can you create a man? He says, yeah, we can create a man. And he says, well, you create man out of dirt. And he goes, yeah, that's right, we could do that. So God says, okay, make your man. Guy goes, uh, guy goes down to re- reach, reach and get some dirt, and God says, get your own dirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that's the same kind of thing that uh, people say, you know, like in your iPhone, you know. Well, we've done magnificent things, but without what was here at the beginning of creation or whenever uh, God created this, those materials weren't there. You wouldn't have that iPhone or we wouldn't be recording this. And some of you that are asleep wouldn't be waking up as soon as you realize it's over. <laughs> but, uh, you know, again, um, looking at this situation, I, I think one of the more disturbing things to me as I continue to move on in my years, and I don't know if it's you, Jeff, you're a little younger than me. And of course, the American girl here is, uh, will always be a girl to me. But, <laughs> but, but it seems like we're dehumanizing ourselves so that we really just become a bunch of worker bees for whoever is in control of things. And that's not how the system was designed to produce. Uh, it's like uh, so ironic and it, it, it makes sense that it is ironic because that's exactly what the socialists and the communists don't want to be. It's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to work, you know, capitalism. I hate capitalism, blah, blah, blah. And we're just, I'm just working for the big man, blah, blah, blah. But the more that they try to it, institute their policy and their beliefs and stuff, the more it becomes like that, which makes perfect sense. Sorry to no, that no, that's good. That, <laughs> it's no, just, it's definitely. It just makes absolute sense that it is ironic because it, it, you know it's like Tommy Morello, Rage Against the Machine. Mm-hmm. Now he is the machine, mm-hmm. right? He's a say, yeah. you know, and you see that from all all these uh, you know sort of free spirited rockers, I mean, Neil Young, Bruce Springsteen, and you know it's kind of weird. It's like Billy Joel said. I was listening to Billy Joel says, "I'm just staying out of it. I like singing and doing this." Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Uh, Bruce Springsteen or Neil Young should not make their opinion known. It's fine that you do that, but you have to you have to understand that you're coming from an angle that you don't you don't have all the facts. Now think about Bruce. Bruce had a real problem with his dad. Had a real problem with authority. If you ever listened to read his book, couldn't stand going to school, couldn't stand doing this. Couldn't. So he was always against quote the man. All right, which a lot of rockers are. Right, they're all screaming for freedom. Well, now, what the, heck is, what the heck is so free about this? New Jersey has announced, along with 15 other states, that in 2035, the uh, sale of um, fossil fuel-based cars will be illegal. They're not, you know, you can't get gas-powered cars anymore, <laughs> right? So, uh, uh, Bruce, I know you're not listening, but if you were listening, so how, what is Mary going to climb into so you could take her away in Thunder Road now? Mm-hmm. Right, it's a what? Climb into my EV smart car here. If you're a girl, yeah. you don't want to climb. No, into a- those. No, I'm so glad I have my Camaro and it has an engine in it. It's like it wouldn't be a Camaro if it didn't have an engine. It was electric. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. There's a well, there's a friend of mine that uh, <laughs> he managed to get a uh, electric vehicle, and uh, <laughs> I, it's I, like I, it's I, like um, Beyond Meat for cars. Uh, what's that? Electric cars. Yeah, well, the like problem was he, he was coming back. He was, I'm not going to say who he is, <laughs> but he was coming back from, uh, you know, I guess he's doing a camp or something, 
And he says, I had to drive 140 miles to find a place to charge. Did you, <laughs> did you see what was going on in that. Alberta the other day? There's a two-and-a-half-hour backup to charge electric cars up there. It takes 40 minutes to charge a car. That's a, that. It's just, like, insanity. Yeah, and I wonder if the weather affects that because, I, I, like, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, reading Elon's book. So I'm, Elon's at the front of my mind right now, and he says it takes, like, 20 minutes to charge a Tesla. So okay, if, that's but I know, but if it's colder, does it take longer? Or does the battery not hold it? Like, does well, the weather affect the batteries and the? Oh well, yeah, the the colder yeah, it is, the tougher it is to hold the charge yeah. too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, because they're not moving. But, but, yeah. but the interesting thing is, Elon understands that you're going to need I know fossil fuels and everything else. I know. He's, that's to power like the electricity Elon. for those cars, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just it's just a uh, uh, you know. A, uh, I I still think the grand plan is to get it so that you will have to have an electric car and then you're shot. You're not able to like I, we're getting in my my wife's Lincoln and we're driving to Texas. All right. And uh, so we have the freedom to do that. I have a freedom to stop in where I'm stopping Wednesday night and then Thursday night and then we're in Dallas uh Friday night, but I have the freedom to do that. If I'm if I'm driving an electric car, I got to figure out where I'm going to stop to charge the car. It's just absolutely, it's an absolute nightmare. Yeah, and it's just some of the infrastructure is not built for like we talked about before, like that one road in Arkansas where there's not even gas stations. There's, <laughs> it's like good luck if you get stuck on that one. Yeah, we'll be going. You're by gonna that. have no cell service. You're cooked if you don't have a charge on that one. The, the, that, that's uh, Interstate 40 in Arkansas, which has the most dis- uh, – ha- yep. when I stopped in its uh, rest station, had the most disgusting rest station or uh, rest stop of 40 miles west of Memphis in For- Forest City. I don't know if they cleaned it up uh, or what, but uh, we've gone on and on here. Does anybody, before I sign off, want to contribute anything else? Um, no. Good luck, no. though. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, with this is what? like your third, fourth time driving to Texas this year. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, good luck on the drive, and mm-hmm. uh, and okay. good luck in the competition. Mm-hmm. Well, opposing uh, to the Aggie wore him again. Jesse's Let's getting go. my music up. Let's you know? go. Even though Jimbo got dismissed, they got a new coach. They got Mike. See, uh, already right off the bat, that's exactly what I would have done. I, they're keeping a former Penn State lineman, Elijah Robinson. Yeah. Right. And uh, I heard int- the story about him was when he was on the team, he's like good there in the team meetings, like basically starting to run the team, the, the, the team meetings. He was really like smart. And uh, you could tell he's also a play. The players love him. And uh, the Ags may keep a lot of the guys, as, uh, you know, and then they're probably going to keep Petrino as offensive coordinator. And just mm-hmm. let them loose and see what see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, it's sort of a shame because I think they were one year off. I I think they you know, uh, then they had LSU for three quarters and LSU is a good team. But that is unless Petrino takes the uh, job at Penn State. Mm-hmm. What job? The offensive coordinator guy. Why would he come up here? <laughs> Why would you not? Yeah. It's well, Happy Valley. I yeah. know, I know, but uh, no, but I, I'm I'm saying it's an opportunity uh, to win uh, the national uh, title. Uh, next let me year. let me just say something. <laughs> yeah. All right, if you if I ever took you to A and M to see their facilities, 
James Franklin. I feel yeah. James Franklin has done him. a great, great job. Considering what he and uh, and by the way, I need the opinion. What the heck? That call in the see. This is what gets me mad. That call in the end zone that was ruled a touchdown. If it had been ruled a pick, they couldn't overturn it if it was a pick. So basically, once again, we saw the referees with a crucial decision step in and affect the game, right? So, the, you know, and I feel, and these Ohio State fans, look, you guys, our fans are nuts, so they want to fire James Franklin after he's winning, he's going 10-2. and two. You're even more nuts if you want to fire Ryan Day. He's a great coach, and at 56-7, and seven, and if it wasn't for the Buckeyes winning so much, they wouldn't have a big game against Michigan, as it is with this new Big Ten with UCLA and all those. What the heck and is going on? And we only get one more year with Ohio State. Ended at home. If it's a noon game, I'm going to riot. But it's going to be a noon game. I'm already upset. You mean to tell me? Uh, no, Ohio, we should play Ohio State, Michigan no, every year. Next year is the last sure. year, right? That we play them. Um, well, we'll have, uh, yeah, Penn State will have Ohio State the next two years. Oh, and then, I didn't know. I thought it was one year. Then they'll be off for two years. Uh, and Michigan will be on. So oh, good. It'll so it's two years. Through. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So we'll always have one of them. Yes. Uh, right? I don't know about don't know. always, but yeah. You know, probably uh, that that may be. Meanwhile, I was going to the Big Ten championship and we schooled them, so I guess I am happy with the shakeup of the Big Ten because that's just <laughs> that that's just ridiculous. Rooting for the Hawkeyes, though. Yeah. What to uh, hold Michigan to Saturday thirty night. points? They're going to get the annihilated. Oh yeah, because, I'm still going to root for. Them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Wait, oh God, that, this you, is criminal. You, you, you are not allowed to root for Iowa in anything. I, I have to root no, for No, are you Dad, I, I can't root for the We cheaters. have to be the transitive. Yeah, due to the transitive property, that would make us the Big Ten champs. No, I'm not going to do transit. Iowa is, is a team called Iowa Wrestling. And that just that just, that just, just dumps mud on every other, every other part of the whole Iowa thing. Now, <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell the guys, I'm going to sauna tomorrow again. I'm going to say, do you know Byers is going to root for Iowa in the football game? Stop Absolutely it. That's correct. Oh, my gosh. It just sounds crazy. Uh, all right. Add whatever you want to add. I'm going to sign <laughs> this thing off. <laughs> my whole life has just been like, you don't understand, Jeff. I hold it's you in such high Iowa. esteem. Yeah. Wait till I tell my my Penn State wrestling people. and uh, The club's name is ABI, as in anyone but Iowa. Oh, my gosh. Can, cannot root for Michigan. Mm, cannot uh, do it. Well, I'm not saying you should root for Michigan. But don't root for Iowa. Just be indifferent. You have to no, root Big Ten, though. No, just scream at both teams at the same time. Do what I do in Texas plays. <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny. All right. All right. Anybody want to say, say be, huh? anybody got anything else to say? Good or you got to hold your, hold your peace for two weeks. No. Holding my peace Holding for my peace. two weeks. I'm ready weeks. to rock and roll. Let's All right. Go. And, you know, I made a statement on Twitter that I think the holidays is going to be a lot of snow around Woo. this year and that travel plans could be disrupted. So when we come back in a couple of weeks, we'll take a closer look at that. Let's go. And uh, no matter what your weather, enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got.